Hi, everybody. My name is Bernie Worrell. My, my gift is from God. And I was born with perfect pitch also, so I can play any anything I hear, I can play. And I had the gift of being able to mix music. This is what I do, been doing my whole life. Classically trained, played in church. Bernie's the most significant keyboard player of our lifetime. Just the innovations that he had with music and where he stretched, where the instrument went to, you know, his, just his deep knowledge of the history of, of the different musics that he played. I mean, he, he was a kid going to conservatory and, you know, there's pamphlets out there from concerto, you know, recitals he played when he was like four or five years old. Played for a uh... Accompanying the opera vocalists in college during their lessons and their promotional concerts. Accompanied ballet and Spanish dance class in Boston. Played in nightclubs, RB. Played with Jack Boots, Ginger Baker, Rock, Keith Richards. So, so I played music, and I, I, I've been mixing music for forever. Bernie, because I think out of all, everybody in the P-Funk camp, Bernie stayed the most relevant in contemporary times more than anybody else. Then all of a sudden, like, that Praxis album came out, that Transmutations with, like, right. Bootsy and Buckethead and Brain and the Africa Baby Bam from the Jungle Brothers. And then it was like, oh, Bernie's not just... You know, this dude who was doing cool stuff in the 70s, he's, like, doing stuff that's far out, like, right now. And then, yeah, and then that's when, like, all the Laswell productions were, like, you'd go down to Tower Records every Saturday and there'd be some new Laswell production out that had Bernie on it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, all my money that was coming in was either going to Music Gear or something that Bernie played on. The chance meeting that I had with Bernie, you know, came up as a result of a Kickstarter campaign that he was had launched, and he was trying to get a a, um, a tour bus for the Bernie Royal Orchestra, which he was kind of touring around with. And so I saw this, and it was like, you know, for my my birthday party, it was my 50th birthday, and you know, I was pretty ambiguous about like wanting to. I don't know, my wife was like, well, you want to travel? Do you want to do this? And then I saw this, I said, that's what I want. I want Bernie Worrell to play, you know, my 50th birthday party. So I, I, I talked I talked to, um, you know, Judy, his then manager, that's his wife, um, his widow today. But she uh, said, oh, yeah, um, I, I understand you're interested in, in kicking in on this level. This would really help us secure the whole campaign. You know, you have to meet your goal. And, I, and he goes, she's like, by the way, what do you do? And I said, are you a lawyer or something? And I said, no, 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 I'm a, you know, I'm a Native American, you know, glass artist. I'm an artist. That's how I make my living. But I, you know, have this passion for music. And I always have since I was a little kid. 
And I said, oh, by the way, I have a band, a Native American, I call it a Native American funk band, you know, Little Big Band was the, the group at the time. And so she says, well, you know what, you should open up for uh, Bernie. Uh, well, let me check and see if we're, you know, available. Said, oh, yeah, we are available. You know? <laughs> so I thought this was like, you know, an amazing opportunity to kind of connect with Bernie. And, and it did turn out that, you know, he came over to my studio and I showed him all my work and he, you know, we just connected. He mentioned his project and how he would like to merge. He didn't know if it was possible, but how he'd like to merge funk with Native American music. So I said, yes, what I thought. I said, sure. But my, I believe everything is related. Music is, musics are related. Just to work it out. It's well known Bernie was, you know, uh, just considered himself a conduit for music and the, the things that just came through him and you know his whole concept of uh, you know the Wu concept the Wizard of Wu he was referred to as and that sort of like bringing people together through music and that was um, and that you know re reflective in the name Kuik because that's uh, you know it's calling people together it's it's bringing people together um, and uh, the, the birthday party night, I sang this traditional song, just as a welcoming, you know, to all my, you know, my party guests. And I said, and I just wanted to welcome Bernie to the stage. And, and so he took that melody that I was singing with my hand drum, and he kind of, he started playing it, you know, on, on, the, on the roads. You know, he's, he played it like a soul ballad, but he was kind of turning the melody, you know, inside and out. And then, then he went to his, you know, organ and it turned into this symphonic, you know, crazy, you know, classical piece from the same thing, just a variation on the, on the melody. And then he went to his synthesizers and he started, and started getting more psychedelic and my jaw just was dropping, you know, and I was like, wow, that's really cool. He came on to play the set and he started with that thing and, you know, after he, he went through this whole, like, three or four minute thing, then it's just like, boom, you know, downbeat, it breaks right into his music, you know, and it was kind of like so cool. I mean, it was, and and I think that that's what planted the seed in my head, like, you know, okay, so if we take traditional melodies and kind of reinterpret them and put like, you know, that was that was my jump off point. I thought that would be a really cool thing to do.
came out to do the recording the very first time I was so nervous about it like I, I pulled into the airport and I drove up and parked on the second floor um, of the parking lot you know up the ramp you know and uh, went to go pick up Bernie and um, came back and uh, you know went to look for the car and couldn't find the car <laughs> and I was looking and looking and I was, you know, we were, I was dragging, having him drag his suitcases, you know, up and down and through the elevators and all this stuff. And I just could not find the car. I had like my head, my hands like, oh, what am I going to do here? And then all of a sudden Bernie's like, you know, rubbing my shoulders like, hey man, it's okay. I'm <laughs> like, whoa, you know, Bernie Warrell's giving me a shoulder rub. It was, instead of Bernie being like... I'm famous. Get me to my motel. He was like giving Preston a back rub, like, "Hey, chill out, man. You're good." So I finally said, "Bernie, I'm just gonna send you in a cab and send you to the hotel room. You know, I'll you know, and you you can be on your way. I'll find my car one way or the other." And so, um, so I did. And then finally, I you know, then I went to another uh, security station and I said, "Hey, look, if I you know pulled into the airport and I." drove up the ramp where the oh try it right over there so i go over to that elevator and i take it down to the second floor there's my car and i'm like <laughs> he was what 70 year old man you know and he was like so i'm then dragging him to this you know rehearsal space over at scarex and we're like trying to like you know uh run these tunes and he's like diligently making notes, you know, and like like little little notes for each song, and and, uh, and it's just like, no, wait, what, what was that? And he, you could just see, he just like shake his head. But he was such a professional, you know, and he was such a gentleman, and he just wanted to to be there, and he had agreed to play with us, and of course, you know, everything for him is probably in the key of music. play at the Nectar Lounge um, little big band played there and um, and it was it was a sold out night I mean there was like standing room only everybody was there to see Bernie you know we, we build it as little big band featuring Bernie Worrell and um, and we played that night and and we played uh, I, th I felt like we played incredibly you know I mean it was such a such a charge to have him um, playing so expertly on everything you know he could just he had such a feel for um fitting in and working around what what you know what was already there in terms of the way that we played the music we tried to you know give visual cues and nod like okay do a solo you know and he would go off you know and, and Skerrick was like says no matter what if Bernie's playing a solo don't go to the change <laughs> just keep going just keep playing keep vamping on that thing and you and he had you know you hear about people that have perfect pitch where they can hear a note and know like all right yeah that's an A or that's a B 
but he could do that in six part harmony like I've never seen anybody that can do that like you could I could play like an unusual chord voicing with six notes in it wouldn't tell him what I was doing and he would just hear it and he'd go over to the keyboard and he would play it like voiced all six notes voiced exactly the way I've done it it's like okay yeah you don't really need to tell him the chord changes because right. he can he can hear in like six part perfect pitch harmony and know like what's going on like I've heard stories that he could hear like the wind blow and move leaves and he could tell you what chord nature had just produced from the air moving combined with the air hitting different leaves good friend of mine and uh, saxophone player he he uh, had you know worked with Bernie before you know played with him a couple times and stuff and, um, so I said I, I went to Skerrick at that point and I said you know what would be the recipe for success to make um, you know to make a, a group and you know, invite some musicians together to, to work with Bernie and try this out and then Skerrick said, well, Stanton Moore, you know, so Stanton's the guy that he can do it. And, and Stanton's like the drummer from Galactic. And yeah. Played with Skerrick, plays with Skerrick in Garage and just master drummer, like New Orleans style and just can get in and play anything. Yeah, not only that, he was really well versed in like the sort of the Mardi Gras Indian kind of culture, and you know, I thought, well, that would be an interesting influence because that's you know, he he knows that style so well, and he can play jazz, he can play funk, he can you know, he's just a great. So Skerek was really adamant about improvisational musicians, you know, so he wanted to make sure that we had those kinds of people that could just kind of you know go on the fly and improvise. So it was me and Skerrick and, and Bernie uh, and Stanton and then Gene Tagaban and Clarissa Resolve. They were the ones that were so, you know, raised with the culture and had, a, you know, a huge amount of cultural knowledge. My name is Clarissa Resolve. My role in this project, I think, is like as a consultant in the sense of some of the um, traditional songs, the Clinket Indian, the traditional Clinket Indian songs. And, um, and also, I think he needed to have a female just because he, he wanted to have the energy of having a woman around because there's all these guys. But also, he, you know, when he first asked me to do this, I said to him, oh, what? Um, no, what makes you think I can sing? And he's like, oh, I remember 12 years ago when we did that totem pole. 
we were sitting about when we got done with the totem pole, we were all sitting around the fire, and you came, you sang these couple of songs, man. You just blew everybody away. And I said, those were dirty songs. Those were dirty songs. <laughs> so he says, so what? I want that energy, you know, so, you know, okay. Clarissa and I, we, we've known each other a long time. We you know even before the band and, you know, uh, our relationship up in, up in Alaska, just with the culture and the dance and, and storytelling. She was part of the same theater company that I was part of. Um, in fact, she was one of the, of the first members of the theater company, native theater company I was part of. And uh, so Clarissa and I, you know, our collaboration was not necessarily with, with, with the words, but just with um, the feel of, of a piece. You know, we talk about, man, that sounds like just like the ocean or, you know, man, that sounds just like being out there on the mountain or, or canoes traveling over, you know, the paddles going into the waters. We're, man, that's what that sounds like, you know, we're just, so our collaboration was this kind of acknowledgement of, of what did this really sound like? What did this piece feel like? And, uh, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, she might throw something at me and she'd ask me, hey, what do you think about this? I said, go for it, man. It sounds awesome, you know, it's vice versa too. I think they could so we, you know, or, or she, you know, she would just go, man, that was cool, that was cool, or, you know, and, and, uh, and so, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, there are times we were on stage too, and I just, I don't know what happens. I just kind of go crazy up there sometimes, and she would just say, I just had to get out of your way. I didn't want to get hurt. <laughs> that That's Gene's uh, brilliance. I mean, he, he can sometimes... Uh, just pull the right story into a musical thing that we've done and he just kind of launches right into it and he's got such a theatrical um, approach to you know the way that he does storytelling that it just it just fit I mean in my piece and, and, the, and the work that I do with the band is not only with the, uh, the songs or the words or the spoken words themselves I mean sure just uh, there's many times going on. This is sucks. I don't want to do this. This is as a fit, and um, and then seeing what works and putting it in there. And, but also not only that, but a lot of my parts too is it make you know, creating these ambient sounds and all of with uh, bringing an ocean drum into things or, or flute sounds or whistles or you know, and, you know there's times I brought the big thunder thunder drum into there as well and just and these things too. like the sounds that you were talking about um i don't know it's necessarily intentional it's just you know we have this wide span of 
sounds available that we can utilize, you know, from traditional instruments to traditional vocal styles from, you know, the language to throat singing to, you know, to the hoo-ha to, um, and then part of it, you know, Randall is definitely a, a genius in the studio on getting sounds out of instruments that aren't the usual ones that you would expect. You know, it's like we would have Gene record a flute part and then flip it so the sound files in reverse. So there's flute being played in reverse at some part, you know, like guitars going through harmonizers and you know, all, all kind of stuff. The same power that flowed through 10,000 generations flows through your veins, young one, old one, middle-aged one, all of you. I'm proud of you. Proud of you because you made it to today. Because you're strong enough to listen. You're strong enough to hear. Strong enough to be here. Proud of you. You're so intelligent. You're amazing beyond belief. If no one has told you today, you are precious. You are valuable and you are needed. We need you. it's you know it's it's uh important to point out randall dunn's you know participation in this creative process as well because he always had the idea of like oh a different sound like you would say okay bernie hey how about organ on this one or how about you know uh roads on this or whatever it was going to be and then he would um or like a moog line you know a solo or whatever it was going to be so he was also a big part of that layering and i think that you know we did sometimes we had so many layers it, you know we had the ability to pick and choose like the different you know uh, things to highlight he's doing the production and engineering at the beginning stage it definitely has a different quality to it in a lot of ways he kind of has a, a cinematic I guess element to the way he sculpts sound and kind of guides people through the creative process which I think is kind of fostered where a lot of the albums our albums have like a cinematic element to them where it, it kind of feels like an analogy to you know being like a director and a cinematographer whereas like the musicians are kind of the actors and the screenwriters I guess and but yeah I've I think when the more we go into it the more I think we've looked at it like yeah these are like movies in sound
just reminded me of something that that Clarissa and I talked about a lot was the the um, the skill of imaging, you know, imaging things in your mind, um, where you know the the stories that we used to tell were always um, were often just you know words, you know, spoken words, and then. Um, each individual would have a way of of, of painting uh, a picture in their head about the song, uh, the story, um, and that process or that that skill is actually being lost, largely lost, because um, we're looking to little screens, you know, screens to to show us things or movies to uh, to 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 guide us through the visual. Uh, nature of, of the storytelling that we don't really have that kind of uh, rich imaging uh, skill in our in our brains anymore you know we used to do that we used to perform with the music you'd have the visual and then you you'd have the music and all of that and that and the dance it's just it's just that it's the same thing, really, except it's just slightly different. You know, it's just slightly different beat, different instruments, you know, additional instruments is what it is here. And these guys are having a great time. And I think it's really important to have that cross-cultural exchange because these guys get to be exposed to a little bit of, you know, the Northwest Coast style drum and music and way of dance and being and we get to be exposed to incorporating you know a different sound a different you know additional beats and all this other stuff and I think it's it's inspiring it, it cannot help but be inspiring to all the you know the next generations of, of kids and, and human beings no matter what culture they come from Clarissa is as significant to her mediums as possibly more as Bernie is to his because with Clarissa, you know, yeah, I'm sure you can fill in more well, than I can. Yeah the, but. We, yeah, the weaving style, the chill cat weaving style. It's something that's really, it's a, it, you know, it's a lot of time. I mean, there's so many techniques. It, it's it's a hand weaving, but it, it's so tight in your your. It's your, it's wool, it's cedar bark, um, but the patterning that you make with it is really a very special technique, and not many people can do it really well. And so she, she just picked it up so quickly, um, but that she was able to essentially kind of preserve it and, and also share it with other people. So she was a teacher. To me, she was kind of like a, a shaman <laughs> in a lot of ways, because she, she had like visions and things, and we would have long conversations 
Um, and I learned a lot about, you know, the community up in Alaska and the Clinkett community and the people and, you know, different figures. And, and I didn't, I didn't really, so I didn't grow up up there, but I did learn about some of these people through her. And, but, um, so she was like a big sister to me, you know, and a mentor, you know, from the art, the visual art. Um, and the insights that she had about the art and the meanings behind it and the reasons for making them. You know, the, the, symbol, you know, the, the, the symbolic gestures of making something and, and having it, presenting it at a, at a kuik, at a, at a potlatch ceremony. You know, there's, there's, there's so much to know about it. And she was really uh, intuitive about all of it. So, and she... We have, you know, hour-long, two-hour, you know, phone conversations, and they would just kind of, they would be floating every which direction, and just, uh, I mean, and it was fascinating. But there's so many parallels between Bernie and Clarissa, though. That's, I think, that's yep. something that I'm still, you know, catching as, you know, I, I had such, I had a limited amount of time getting to know Clarissa. So I'm still learning stuff about her, but just as people, you know, their spiritual connections, the generation that they were from, you know, what they did with the mediums that they worked in, um, even up to, you know, how close in time they passed, you know, they both passed from cancer the same year, the same year, Yeah. you know, and it's like the, the two of them still, I think we approach it just this project is whatever we do you know is this something that Bernie would be cool with is this something that Clarissa would be cool with would they have advice for us on what we're doing with this or with that but you know and it's like Bernie's you know a male personification of that Clarissa's Mm -hmm. a female personification of that there's just so many so many parallels and I think that's one thing that you know, I wish more people when when they, you know, were talking about the group that, you know, Bernie's much more famous and well known like all over the world, but you know, Clarissa was as important. She felt like this was an awakening, uh, uh, and a new way of of um, uh, presenting a traditional song, and that the power behind it, you know. What, what she was feeling was something that was awakening the wilderness within. <laughs> you know, and I, and I, I like Preston. We got along real good and we grew tight. And I guess my role is to try to bring things together and what I play, how I play it. part of the cohesive team. Bring it, bring, put some ingredients, some of this, some of that in the stew, and so we have a good meal. (laughs) 